back to the podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. I have honestly just a very chatty episode today. It's just going to be answering some questions that you guys have submitted on Instagram. So very casual, very chill. I'm honestly just feeling really chill this week. And I did a guest episode recently and have had other guests on, but I just thought it would be nice to do just a really chill episode answering a bunch of random questions that you guys asked. I just asked on my Instagram, which is just at Michelle Reed. And yeah, I don't know about you guys, but when it's coming to the end of the summer, you're kind of entering a new season. I'm just kind of wanting to chill out a sec because I feel like the fall time is always pretty crazy with switching content around kids are starting school again. It's just a much faster pace in the summer. So just to kind of close things out, not that it actually is the end of summer yet, which makes me really sad because I've had such a lovely summer. I don't even want to think about summer being over. I just thought I would do something chill. I'm actually recording this at 9 p.m. at night. I honestly really like it because I think that's when I'm the most kind of mellow and I've unwinded and it just seems like a good time to record. So I hope you guys are doing well though when you're listening to this podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying your end of the summer. I hope you guys are having a great time. For this week's life update, I really don't have too much to share except for the fact that you guys are going to be listening to this on August 16th and a week from today is actually Aiden and I's one year anniversary which is very exciting. I cannot believe it's been a year. The past year of life has just been insane. It has gone by so quick and I think that everyone says that but it really has and I don't want to recap too much because I'm actually gonna have a special episode for next week's podcast. I'm going to do one with Aiden. I'm going to be asking him questions that I've never asked him before. I thought it'd be fun to do another one of those kind of more intimate podcast episodes because I know a lot of you guys really enjoyed that one based off of just the listens. I know that that one was definitely a favorite. So I'm going to have him back on and do one of those episodes. But yeah, I'm just really reflecting about that and thinking about that a lot. And the reason is because Aiden actually randomly booked us glamping for our anniversary, which is something we've always wanted to do. We're just doing it here near Austin. Austin, around the Austin area. There's a glamping place that he had found. And yeah, I've always wanted to do that. I'm not really a camping girl, but if you have AC and a cute tent and it's something that's not exactly just sleeping on the ground somewhere, I'm totally down. So randomly booked that, which is so nice. And I can't wait for that. But we're actually going to go next weekend. So from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to go. We're going to bring cash. And that area has just And the hill country has just become one of our favorite areas to visit. So it's really fun getting to go there. So I'm so excited. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to vlog it too. I'm going to create some TikToks, some reels, all that kind of stuff. So make sure to look out for that if you're interested. But that is kind of the freshest thing on my mind. I've had honestly just a really solid week. I have really been focusing on a lot of just healthy habits in terms of eating We have been trying to cook with a lot more whole foods lately. I've been making a lot of college nutritionist recipes, which she's someone that you guys have probably seen on Instagram. She does actually a lot of like weight loss focused stuff, which is not what we're trying to do, but she cooks with a lot of just whole foods and vegetables. I've just realized how I don't get enough vegetables in my diet. And by watching a lot of her reels, I'm like, oh wait, it's actually really easy to cook with veggies. So you guys can follow me on Instagram. I've been sharing a lot of the recipes that I'm using from her or on YouTube. I do want to say she does a lot of low carb stuff. And I've had a few people message me like, oh my goodness, carbs aren't bad. You can still eat carbs. I'm still eating a lot of carbs. And also there are carbs still in vegetables and a lot of other stuff, but it is kind of a more high fat meal plan situation. And so I think that that's why, but it's been so good and I really have been liking it. I've been feeling just a lot better about myself. I've been sleeping better. I've just been feeling a lot more energized and 
just spending more time prepping food so it's easy to make kind of better choices in terms of just actually getting whole foods in my diet. So that's been really good. Been honestly not working out as hard, but just focusing on nutrition. And I really like how I feel. It's been really making me just have a lot more energy. My sister Lindsay also had her baby Juniper, which is so exciting. She's like the snuggliest baby ever. She's so just lovable, loves to be held. So sweet. I went over and saw her and I swear she did not cry at all the whole time, which was just so abnormal. I think she was three days old when I saw her, which is just so crazy. And it's just always so special when you see your siblings have kids and obviously we don't have kids yet. And so it's just fun to kind of see the process and getting used to having another baby. Lindsay already has a son, so she's kind of getting through the figuring out how to have two babies and just getting used to it. Ezra's not really baby. Ezra is, I think, three, so he doesn't count as a baby, but having two kids is so different than one, so I've been trying to reach out and make sure that I'm helping her as much as I can because I know that that's a lot, just having another kid, but we've really just been trying to enjoy time home because we, in September, pretty much every weekend we're going to be somewhere which is fun. I really like it, but I also really love our home. I finally hung up some wedding photos, which I needed to do. And I honestly love being in Dallas. I love being in Texas near my family. And so we've just been trying to soak up a lot of the home time in August, which has been nice. But in September, we're going to New York. We're also going to Chicago and we're also going to Austin. And two of those are for weddings. One is just to see my brother's baby who he had in New York. So there's just a lot going on. And I think it's nice just to appreciate where you're at, even though it's nice to look forward to the travels and all that. And so, yeah, that's kind of been my month recap. Again, look forward to the next episode because that one will be fun with Aiden, just a little bit of a switch up. But I think I'm ready to go into the questions. I honestly have not read any of these, so we will see what you guys asked and just get Okay, best and worst about working full-time on YouTube. I feel like I've talked a little bit about the pros and cons, but I touched on this on a recent video. I was talking about things that I like, tips for people who are wanting to start, but I guess I'll start with the worst so I can end with the best. I think the worst thing as of recently, I've just realized how much I love working with other people. And when you're working a job on YouTube or even I was taking photos with my friend and she's a photographer and she was just talking about how it's a lot of just her and it takes being really self-disciplined because you're the one kind of in charge of everything. You don't have someone telling you what to do. And I think that with YouTube, it really is kind of something where it's mostly you and you are the brand. So it's all about you and it's just a very you focused job. So it's not something where you're interacting with people that much, even though you have YouTube friends, you have like meeting up with photographers and taking photos with them. You work maybe with a manager, you work with brands, but it's not like every day you're sitting in and you're seeing the same coworkers and you're having that conversation you're getting drinks with your coworkers after work like those are the things that I miss about working full time but those things honestly really do not compare to all the benefits of working for yourself the benefits of getting to pick your own hours and getting to be in charge and honestly I just feel like there's no limit like the sky's the limit when you're the only one doing it and obviously it's a lot harder because you don't have people specializing in tasks that maybe you would have with a business but I think my favorite thing is honestly just the flexibility that you get to have with it I think that was the thing that I missed the most when I was working full-time was just getting to pick my own hours and getting to travel more I think that was a big thing and you know having to ask off and knowing if you did take off someone was having to kind of 
take the slack. And that was something as someone who is a perfectionist, I didn't like feeling like someone else was going to have to compensate for me when I was on vacation. Like it just, it didn't feel like a vacation when I felt like I wasn't doing work that I was supposed to be doing, which obviously everyone deserves a vacation, but I just don't miss that feeling knowing my personality. And so I like that when we have kids one day that I'll still be able to do this and, you know, make income off it and still have a job, but not necessarily being tied down to a corporate life. I've just realized that corporate world is just not for me. I wouldn't be opposed to going back if I had to, but I would really, really, really not like to just kind of knowing my personality and knowing myself. But yeah, I think those are the best and the worst parts for me. I know, I think it used to be more negativity that you get online and, you know, seeing what people say about you, but just doesn't really phase me anymore. It sometimes does and it sometimes hurts, but I think I've learned to kind of remove myself from that end of things and realize that the things that people say about me is definitely a reflection of them and not me. And obviously criticism is definitely something that is needed sometimes, but I think a lot of times it is just people feeling angry and taking it out on people. And so that kind of side of things doesn't bother me as much as it used to, but I think those are probably the best and worst parts for me. Someone said, is it rude to ask how much you both have saved before getting married? Hashtag stressed. Um, I mean, I feel like I won't answer an exact amount. I think this was because we recently did a video on like how we saved within marriage. For me, I, yeah, there's not like an amount that I will say, but I don't think you need to stress about having a certain amount of money before getting married. Like that was something that we had talked about, but it wasn't a fact of, okay, you need to have X amount of money before getting married. It was more so wanting to know how much we had saved in terms of affording a wedding and paying for a wedding and how much we'd have after. And it's obviously nice to have financial transparency within a marriage, but I don't think you need to have a certain amount. I think knowing how much debt the other person has because you, obviously everyone's having different expenses, but I think it's nice to know what the other person has. And it can be kind of another form of intimacy when you do have the same game plan in terms of finances, but I don't think you need to be stressed about that. I do think it should be something that you talk about and I know that money doesn't mean that you're going to be happier in life if you have more of it, but sometimes it does make a lot of the other stuff a lot easier. I know it's easy to argue about finances, but I don't think you need to have a certain amount of money saved before getting married. And when you're trying to, say, find an apartment, when you're trying to make decisions about how much you're going to spend on groceries a week, when you're trying to save for a house, it's nice to know when someone's coming into a marriage how much they have saved, but I think if you're with someone who's like, oh my gosh, I'm only going to marry someone if they have $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 saved, that's probably not the right person to be with unless they're really only marrying you because of money. So that's what I would say about that. I do not think you need to be stressed. I think you should focus on all the other elements of marriage about becoming one and really getting to know the other person and making sure that you have that commitment with the other person. I don't think money should be the thing you're stressed about. I think people get stressed because they hear so many people get divorced because of money and it becomes this huge thing in your mind, but I don't think you need to have a certain amount of money saved. When you have kids, do you want to homeschool? So, I mean, this can change and I think 
I'm 23. I'm trying to stop saying obviously because I know I say obviously way too much and it's my filler word. And something about podcasting is you realize all the things that you say a lot. I say honestly a lot. I say obviously a lot. I think I'm pretty good about not saying um. I do say personally a lot too. You just really catch yourself saying things because you are trying to say them. And so I just want to say that I'm sorry if you hear me saying the same words. I really do try it and I try to edit them out when they're bothering me because I imagine if they're bothering me, they're probably bothering you. But things can change and I don't know everything right now. I'm only 23. But right now when we talk about it, we do like the idea of homeschooling our kids. I went to a college where a lot of my peers were homeschooled and I think there's such a stigma against kids who are homeschooled that they're socially awkward, that they don't have as much experience as kids who are in public school. And I had a really great public school experience. I think I had a stellar education. I learned so much. School was so important to me and I did learn a lot in school, but honestly, there it goes. There it goes with the honestly. I don't think the social skills aspect of myself really came from being in public school. So I just disagree with that. I think that everyone has different schooling experiences. So when they get this question, it becomes something where it just is about your personal experience. But we do lean towards the idea of homeschooling our kids. I was homeschooled in kindergarten. So just one year when I was younger. And I think that my mom did a really great job homeschooling me in kindergarten. But I think it depends on if I am still doing what I'm doing on social media. I definitely like the idea of homeschooling because I will have a more flexible schedule. And again, I talk about this all the time. I don't think you have to be married to the first idea that you have. And just because I'm saying this now doesn't mean this is set in stone. But I just think that homeschooling can be really great. I like the idea of doing like a hybrid situation when I was in college who were homeschooled. And they were just really smart, very social, not awkward not weird kind of the stereotypes that you hear online and so yeah I just don't like hearing that stuff it makes me really sad because I think that as a parent you know what's best for your kid and I don't like when other people try to tell you what's best for your kid and so yeah I like the idea of homeschooling I think it sounds nice right now I might change my mind we might change our mind but that's kind of the idea that we're leaning towards right now but like I said I had a great public school experience so I think it will depend on where we live and what the public school situation looks like for that area but right now I think that's the best situation okay this one's a New York City question but they said looking for apartments thoughts on Lenox Hill I really liked the Lenox Hill area I loved the Lenox Hill area we honestly loved there I go again with honestly guys I really have to stop I'm sorry Lenox Hill is a great area it's actually in the Upper East Side I'm pretty sure it's kind of the Upper East Side segment of New York City. We love that area. That's actually one of our favorite areas and I would love to live there. I think that that would be a great area. I mean, I haven't been there in a year and a half, I guess now. Yeah, a year and a half since I left. So I don't know if neighborhoods have changed, but when I was there, that was a great place to be. I would go to a lot of appointments there. I think there were a lot of like medical offices in the Lenox Hill area and it was just a really great area. I think that's kind of like near Yorkville too in the Upper East Side. Like it's a more eastern side of Upper East Side. If I'm not wrong, I may be wrong, but 
I really like that area. I thought it was really great. But then again, I'm assuming if you watch my content, you're listening to this podcast, you probably know my personality, but I'm not really someone who loves the nightlife. I prefer to live in quiet neighborhoods. I like when things are more chill. I like when they feel more neighborhoodly. And that was always the vibe that I liked in New York City. So I lived in the Upper West Side and I lived in Brooklyn Heights when I was in New York. And those were two really great, very neighborhoody areas. I like personally wouldn't want to have lived in somewhere like the East Village or Soho or Midtown, just kind of areas that are a little bit more vibrant and got a lot more going on because I'm a grandma. And I liked when the streets were a bit more quiet that I was sleeping on. I liked knowing my neighbors sleeping on the streets. I mean, you know, what I mean, being in apartments where I was sleeping and just not having a lot of noise. Do you ever plan to travel overseas like to Europe or Asia? I would love to. I mean, I will say I really like to travel and I like to travel within the U.S., but this is just me giving my opinion. And while I do wish to hope to see kind of overseas and what it's like elsewhere, I love where I live and I'm really content here. I mean, you guys know, you watch my videos. I'm live a very simple life. I like being with my family and spending time here. I don't crave seeing things beyond the U.S. that much. That's just me for myself. I mean, we were supposed to do our honeymoon in St. Lucia. I've been to the Bahamas, but I don't think those really count. I don't think you get a taste of someone else's culture as much when you're doing a vacation like that, but I would love to go to Switzerland. That's one place I've always wanted to go to. I'd love to go to Sweden. Like those are areas that I've always wanted to go to, the Netherlands. I think that that would be really awesome and I would love that. It's just really expensive. That's my thing. And obviously with COVID, it's been a bit crazy with trying to kind of figure out traveling. We haven't really wanted to book anything like that. And right now we really are trying to save for a house. So those expenses just aren't things in the books and it's a lot more affordable to travel somewhere on the weekend here. But I know you can do it right if you use credit cards and use your points and book things through that. You can really get a cheaper trip, but it's just not something that we have wanted to pay for right now. I imagine if we do go somewhere, it'll probably be with Aiden's family because they do travel a lot and his brother is actually studying abroad in Spain right now. So I feel like we might go visit him. That would probably be the first international trip we've done together, but we've always wanted to travel internationally together. We just got married during COVID, so it wasn't really a big option, but yeah, I would definitely like to. It's just not my number one goal and it's not the number one priority, but let me know where you think I should go. Let me know the first place really abroad beyond the Bahamas where I should go. I'd love to know. This is very random, but someone said, how do you keep your white bedding and couch white with cash? This is a great question. And this is another just one of my opinions. I'm not really that particular about things. I'm not someone who gets attached to things. And this can be a fault. So I will just say, this isn't necessarily like a really great thing about myself, but I don't really care when things get worn, when things don't stay super nice. And so I think that's a part of the reason why I don't really care that much because our couch in particular has definitely faded a lot. I don't think it's the best quality couch in the world. I think it was around $2,000. So it was definitely an expensive piece, but I think there are nicer couches out there. And we didn't scotch guard it or anything, which we probably should have, but 
we just kind of let him up there and it just kind of is what it is. He doesn't bring dirt into the house. We actually clean off his paws. This is probably to answer your question. We have these wipes that we use on him. We'll wipe him off after we take him outside. We'll wipe his paws so he doesn't have dirt. But the thing is his claws, for some reason, they just kind of rip up a bit of the couch. Not that he's digging at the couch, but it just kind of happens when he jumps on there. For our bedding, we just wash our bedding probably once or twice a week. Honestly, more like twice a week. I'm pretty particular about the bedding and wanting it to be clean. And even though I know it's a dog in a bed, it might not seem that sanitary. I wash those sheets all the time, guys. They're pretty clean. And so they just stay nice because I just wash them frequently. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I think that just cleaning off your dog if you're having them on it. I know a lot of people when they would never have a white couch with a dog or white bedding, but I think it's fine. It doesn't really bother me. The couch is a bit faded, but I don't think people really notice. I got a question about what my husband does. So he works in finance. He works for a commercial real estate company and he works in like the finance side of things. So he does a lot of lease administration stuff. So they work for a healthcare client and he works for them. So that's what he does. It's a lot of Excel, a lot of really like analytical work and he has a very corporate job. So that's what he does. Someone asked if cash stays in his crate when we go out and he doesn't anymore. So we left him in his crate when we would leave for like four hours or so until he was about six months old. And that's when we felt like he wouldn't get into things anymore. He wasn't really destructive. He pretty much just slept when we left and we were okay with giving him more freedom when he was at six months old. But I will say sometimes we will put him in the crate if we think that he just needs to chill out. He's been kind of crazy that day. We don't really trust him being in the house. But for the most part, he's completely fine when we leave him out. He's never really been that destructive, but he did one time rip up a basket. So we started crating him after that. So you just kind of see he's never crated for very long. I mean, now, honestly, guys, again, I'm with my honestly, I'm sorry. We don't really leave him that long. I think the most we will leave him is probably for three hours at a time, but he's okay to be left in his crate or at home. He doesn't mind his crate. Now at night, I never thought we'd see this day, but he sleeps in our bed with us for like 10 minutes or so while we're winding down. And then when we're actually ready to go to bed, we crate him just because I think it's good for your bed to be the place for you and your partner. I think it's just healthy. I love when he sleeps in our bed and when Aiden's gone, I'll let him sleep with me. But I think it's kind of good to just make sure your bed is your space for you. There is no shade if you let your dog sleep with you. I think that's a great thing, but I just think that sometimes it's easier to have more intimacy with the person that you're with when your dog is on your bed. So we do try to crate him at night and he just kind of walks in his crate now. So we'll take him off the bed and he just walks in. So he doesn't mind being in there anymore. He used to not like it when he was really young, but we try to make it a place that he liked. So yeah, there's a lot. If you think that crating your dog is not good, there's a lot of stuff that you can research about how it's something that they like if you are trying to make them kind of go back to their denning instincts and that kind of thing. So I think it can be really healthy if you need that space for them. I just moved to New York City and I feel overwhelmed. How did you get over that? What church in New York City? So I totally feel this one. I remember when I moved that there was just so much going on and there is no other place like living in New York City. And so it's just one of those places that 
it is really overwhelming when you get there and you realize that there are so many different people and there's so many different things going on and it's just so much harder to even get groceries like every single task that was so easy when you had a car suddenly gets so much more complex and so for me stuff that helped me a lot were one just having alone time I don't know what age you are when you move there, but I moved in college and there was a lot of pressure to just always be hanging out with people, meeting new people. And that was what I really did because I was in a phase of life just wanting to do everything. But it's okay if you need to take time for yourself. Carve out that time to have alone time. If you have roommates, try to get out and just go to a coffee shop by yourself. Go to a park. I mean, My favorite spot to go to was the Brooklyn Heights Promenade. It's just a very peaceful area. I mean, it has tourists, but it's not really crowded. It's not like walking over the Brooklyn Bridge where there's just so much going on. I loved going there. I also loved going to the Brooklyn Bridge Park. You can just sit on the grass and you can just chill out and have some alone time. Those are some of my favorite areas. And oh, I honestly hate that feeling so much when you get nostalgic, when you feel it. Like deep down, I'm thinking about when I would hang out with Aiden there and we would just sit on a bench. And oh, it's just crazy how fast time goes. And I don't know if anyone else feels like that. When you get that wave of nostalgia and it's a good feeling, but it's also just like a icky feeling where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that was a moment that I'm never going to get back. It's just sad. I just felt that. I hate that so much. But anywho, that was an area that I really like to just chill out in and find those places where you can just go and have that alone time. I think that helps a lot. Don't feel pressured to do everything. Feel pressure to do maybe one thing a week, but you don't have to explore everywhere at once too. You can take your time. I mean, when I lived there for four years, I still don't think that I got to see everything, but you just take your time. You take one day at a time and Honestly, having just like a reset day helps a lot. So that'd be my number two is just having one day where you get your groceries for the week, where you really reset. You maybe plan out your week, plan out what you're going to do, plan out if you work out, your workouts for the week, whatever it may be. Having that day to kind of get things in order, I think regardless of where you're at, that is really helpful. And that's something that has really helped me. And just take a deep breath, like take a deep breath If you're walking on the street and someone's tailing you because you're not moving fast enough, just get out of the way, let them pass, take a deep breath and keep going. That was something I would do. That's one of my biggest pet peeves is when I feel like I'm walking really fast, but someone is really in a hurry behind me. It's polite just to move out of the way, let them go and don't let it bother you. I don't know if that was me just interjecting my own pet peeves onto you, but that kind of stuff stresses me out and it makes me feel overwhelmed. So just take a deep breath with the subway. I know that was something that was really nerve-wracking for me. Just map out your rides. No, you don't have to master the subway all at once. It'll take some time. You don't need to know the one, two, three, and the four, five, six, and the G. You don't need to know everything at once. You can take your time. Finding a church, I think, is a great idea. That was always something that centered me and will get you plugged in with people who you can relate to. I know that can also be really overwhelming. I mean, some of the ones that we tried out. So we went to Redeemer was the one that we really stuck with. They have a few locations. It's Presbyterian. It's not for everyone. I'm a Christian, so I'm sharing Christian churches. But we really loved Redeemer, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed. It's just a very simple service where you know exactly what it's going to be like. It'll be a little bit different each time. But that was something I liked about having like a liturgy to read. It was just really 
nice knowing that I knew what was going to happen every Sunday. We also tried out Apostles. There are quite a few Apostle locations too in the city and we also went to the Brooklyn Tabernacle for a while and I think those are the ones that we went to for a decent amount of time. So there are so many churches though if you have a specific kind that you want. I know a lot of my friends went to C3 or Hillsong just depending on what works for you. Finding a church can be so helpful because it really does slow the city down and it lets you meet people and it lets you know that you're not alone. I literally would not have gotten through living there if I didn't have just a solid Sunday church service every week. So I would highly recommend doing that too. And also just know that you're doing great. You don't need to be throwing yourself into everything all the time. And just to give yourself grace when you mess up, that it's okay to mess up. And that's part of the process. And moving is a process in itself. So you're doing great. And don't feel overwhelmed, even though I know it's easier just to say that. But seriously, it takes time. How did you improve your hair loss and how did you accept it and find confidence despite it? So the answer is I have not improved it. The thing that I've improved is my eyelashes because I'm using an eyelash serum, but the hair on my head is a lot thinner than it used to be. I can just tell you it's a lot thinner than it used to be three years ago. And do I still look at old photos and kind of cringe because I miss how thick my hair is? Yeah. Do I sometimes think, oh my gosh, everyone's thinking my hair is thin? Yes. Is that actually true? No. I just got over it. Like it's really, it still bothers me sometimes. And even today I was taking photos and I just kept picking at the hairs that were like loose in my hair and it bothered me. And I just got frustrated because I felt like, oh my gosh, I've been dealing with this for so long. If you guys don't know, I've talked about this a lot, but my hair has been shedding for a very long time and I don't know what's causing it. And I know it's abnormal because I got it checked at a dermatologist and he said, yeah, you're definitely losing more hair than you should be at this age. But it's just life. It's just my thing. I think that everyone has a thing that they deal with and mine just happens to be my hair shedding a little bit. And theoretically, I think if I don't stress about it, that it's going to stop. And I think that's part of it too. I just assume if I don't stress about it, it'll stop. That hasn't worked yet, but if it does, that would be really great. I just focus on other things. I think that I've been focusing a lot more on nutrition and my fitness routine and saving money and my marriage and my siblings having kids that life is just so much more than the petty things that we get hung up on. And, you know, for me, my hair shedding is the small thing that bothers me. But for other people, it might be, you know, how much weight the scale says that they hold or the way that their clothes fit or the way that they wish that they had a boyfriend. Like there are just so many other things that people deal with. And I just think right now it's hair loss, but in five years, it's going to be something else. And if I just get fixed on all these small things that don't really matter in the grand scheme of life, you know, how am I going to deal with bigger things in the future? And so I've just been trying to focus on other things and that's what's helped me. I also follow Danny Austin and while she doesn't really talk about hair loss anymore, she did a lot a couple years ago and I would watch a lot of her old content and just see her and she even talks about her hair still being thinner than it used to be now, but it's just comforting to know that there are other people in their 20s who are dealing with it. 
and that has helped me. But also on the other side of things, not going crazy Googling stuff. That was something I did at first and it was just not good for me. It wasn't good for people around me because I was just a stress ball trying to figure things out. So just don't try to diagnose yourself all the time. And yeah, you can try to figure it out. You can try to figure out what's causing it. That can help too. But I just had done that for so long that I was kind of over it. So yeah, I don't know if that helped. It's not the most helpful thing. I do have a sponsor coming up that I'm going to try and that I'm hoping that has helped because I have heard a lot of good things about them. But we'll see. I got a question about where Aiden is from. And Aiden is from Rhode Island, but he has lived also in Vermont and Boston. So just the Northeast and his family is really scattered. So I feel like when I say, oh, he's from the Northeast, it's because they've just kind of been everywhere and they kind of bounce back and forth. And so that is where he's from. Advice on how to overcome frustration and accepting when sometimes things don't go as planned. She also says, this is not a question, but you're so, I'm so glad to be able to see your content. I need a friend like you. That just makes my day. I love messages like that. It seriously means so much to me. This question is good for me because I am the queen of not accepting things when they don't go like I planned. Like even tonight, we were going to take photos with a photographer and I'm just going to be honest, we were not having a really great night. We were feeling a little frustrated. And the thing that I like about taking couples photos is you can't be upset when you're kind of laughing, when you're trying to kiss for photos, when you're hugging each other. It makes you feel so much better. And so honestly, this is not, this doesn't have anything to do with the question. But if you are getting married, I think my biggest tip is when you are feeling kind of frustrated or you're arguing just sit close to the other person like sit to where you can touch them physical touch and just being close really makes situations a lot better not that we were fighting before we we're just kind of not in the best mood but then after that we just were so much happier and yeah that just really helped a lot but the reason why i'm saying that is because i had a plan where I wanted to do something a certain way afterwards and it just didn't go as planned and it was something stupid but I just get upset over the smallest things. I think I just always realize when I look back at my life and the way that I thought things were going to be but how much better they are despite not having gone my planned way that I wanted them to. I realize how great they are. That always helps me is just knowing that my plan is not the grand plan. As a Christian, I know God's got a much better plan than me and I just have to trust in his plan above my own because I have seen how feeble I can be when I try to plan things out, when I try to just make things happen without praying about them, without regarding God's plan for my life, without actually realizing how my actions affect other people not realizing how other people's lives are also intertwined in mine and how it affects other people. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think especially with being married, you just realize that it's more than just about you. And that has helped for me just kind of learning to get over things and realize that my way is not the right way. But yeah, I just want to say get married because you'll realize that it's just not always about you. And I can't even imagine having kids. It's just next level. Like, oh my gosh, you're pouring your life into your kids. I see my siblings and it's just, yeah, they have their own lives, but they really do gear a lot of their lives around their kids. And so you just become a lot more selfless and it makes you more easygoing. So that's what I would say. I also think as you get older, you just don't really care as much because you've lived so much life and you know that it kind of is what it is. I think a lot of people learned during COVID you can't really control anything because things just change on a whim. And so 
yeah, I guess just getting older and realizing that your plan is not the only plan out there. What is something that you're proud of improving on in the last year? Um, I mean, going off one of the last questions, I am much less of a control freak than I used to be and realize that the way that I think I have to do things isn't necessarily, this is literally the last question, but I just realized that the way that I map things out in my head isn't always the best way and taking advice from other people. I think having a manager for YouTube has helped me a lot because I've just realized that if I give control to other people and areas like negotiating brand deals and negotiating contracts and trying to connect me with people, that they will do a much better job than I can do on my own. And yeah, there are pros and cons to every situation, but that has helped me kind of loosen up control. I think marriage is another way that that has happened. I think being closer to family is another way that that has happened. I just think my life is a bit less me-centered than it was before, and I think that's been really good for me. It's been good for me to realize that, oh wait, people are really good at helping me with things and I don't have to try to do everything on my own and doing a much worse job at it. And I'm ultimately happier when I'm trying to kind of loosen the grip on things. And so that's something I've improved on. I think a lot of times people would say something that was like career oriented or I guess that is a career oriented thing for me because I've also realized that working the hardest isn't actually working the smartest. And that was something that I had always heard other people said, but I was like, that's kind of dumb. Like working hard can never be a bad thing. But I figured out how to restructure my business in a way where I have the same end product at the end of the day, but have time for other things. And I think having a manager has helped a lot with that, but, and also in other ways too with it. So yeah, I think just loosening the grip on things and not being so controlling with everything and not being a control freak has been something I've improved on. And I'll probably end with this one because we actually listened to a sermon recently and they were talking about this and it was so good. And we were going into the church service and I was just thinking like, do you ever feel like you just go in church and you don't feel like it's applicable to real life and you hear all these things going on, but you don't feel like anyone's talking about it? feel a little bit crazy. We're going to church. Someone asked me what was something I learned recently. And this was something that I've just been thinking about so much lately. It was the verse I was talking about letting the children come to him and having a childlike sense of faith and being like a child. And it was talking about, you know, back in those days within the Bible, children didn't bring anything to the table. They didn't have any sense of social status. They couldn't offer anything. They were so dependent. And so they were weak. They were really weak. And he was talking about how in our day and age, power is associated with all these things like strength, like being the best, being the boldest, you know, all these worldly definitions of success. But he was talking about how, you know, God wants our sense of greatness to be so different and how often he talks about the humility sense of things and being humble and not always trying to be the boldest and the strongest, but having humility and have noticed within myself the people that I'm most drawn to are those who just have like a really quiet spirit. And I think it's so rare to find someone who has that quiet spirit, but also is just a really great leader. And this kind of goes back to the reason why I started this podcast, but I've been thinking about it especially a lot lately that it's okay to not be the loudest person in the room. It's okay to have a quiet spirit and it's, you know, a good thing to just have that sense of humility and to be humble and he was talking about not always having to be right all the time and how countercultural that is in our day and age and 
oh my gosh, it was just such a good sermon and it really hit me. And I was like, wow, this is so weird that he was talking about this because these are all these things that I've been thinking about and just kind of the person that I want to be and the people that I want to be around and ultimately the kids that I hope we raise one day. And I think that these things are really important to think about and they really matter. So I'll just leave you guys with that. I know I can have so many weaknesses of being stubborn, of being someone who doesn't want to admit that I'm wrong, you know, especially within conflict that I have with other people and can be just so hard-headed and I don't want to be like that. I mean, First Thessalonians talk about living a quiet life and working with your hands. I definitely think Aiden is wrestling with cash outside because I can hear them out there, but it always goes back to that, that it's okay to live that quiet life. It's okay to have a quiet spirit and it's okay to just prioritize being humble. So yeah, I know that was kind of preachy to end the sermon. This I just called it a sermon to end this podcast, but I just wanted to leave you guys with that. I hope you guys are so well. I hope you guys have a great week when you're listening. You guys mean so much to me, and I just want you guys to know that you are so valued. And if you enjoyed, feel free to write me a review. Feel free to subscribe for our new episodes every Monday. And if you want to hear some more questions I answered in my recent YouTube video, you can watch that. But thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll catch you guys in my next episode. Bye, friends.